You are Locked On the NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello. I am Matt Williamson. Belly up to my bar. Let's chat about the NFC South. Welcome to the Locked On of NFL podcast. I've been doing this a long time, and I mentioned before I'm going to try to squeeze in a couple extra ones for you this weekend because I am totally out of pocket Monday, Tuesday, and probably most, all, um, definitely most of Wednesday, but probably all of Wednesday for podcasting reasons. Um, but I'll be back to you with Sando on Thursday and keeping the series going. Um, we're going to knock out the NFC South today, starting with Carolina, and we'll come back and do the West when I return. So there you have it. Carolina, pretty clear what they're doing here is let's get after the passer, let's protect the passer, let's get insurance for the passer. <laughs> and Brian Burns is a little lighter than the defensive ends they've used, but I think that they're starting to lean that direction in the lighter um, 250-ish athletes that could also maybe drop here and there. But they don't want to blitz a ton. Brian Burns from Florida State is shot out of a cannon. I mean, he is... The only bad thing I can say about him is he's not very powerful. He needs to develop more of a speed-to-power rush. And will that come? I don't know. I mean, he's not a real thickly-built guy. I know he weighed in at 248, I think, at the Combine, right in that neighborhood, which was heavier than most of us thought he would be. Will that be his playing weight in week 12 of his rookie year? You know what I mean? Will he be 230? I mean, we'll see. Um, he plays more like a 230, 235 type of guy as opposed to a power player. But boy, he can bend. Boy, he's an athlete. He's a very developed pass rusher. Speedball, change direction. Like I said, I think he'll be able to drop at times, but that's never going to be what you want him to do because he's such a good pass rusher. So I love this pick. You know, Peppers is gone. He doesn't look anything like Peppers. The, the pass rush in general last year was a little lacking. They do have some good guys on the interior. They want to rush four. They want to drop those good linebackers into coverage. Burns really helps them do that. I like this pick a lot. It's 16th overall. They then trade up to 37 overall to get Greg Little. Talented tackle. Um... I would assume they just pencil him in at left tackle, better in protection than the run game, but a lot to work with and already a pretty darn good player. Um, I look at this line now with Paradis at center. The Khalil brothers gone, sorry, but um, I think it's an upgrade for sure and may actually be a team strength for the first time in a while. And Newton's just taken such a beating over the last couple of years. I'm tired of talking to you guys about this, but I, I, I keep equating it. And I have no inside knowledge of this. It's just it feels like luck from two years ago where, you know, is Cam going to be back? What do we expect from Cam? You know, and I don't feel great about that. So protect the guy. And then insurance, like I said, one of my favorite quarterbacks in this draft was Will Greer. Highly, highly accurate, a risk taker, sometime to a fault, and not the biggest arm guy. In a way, there's a little bit of Ryan Fitzpatrick there, and that's not a ringing endorsement, but highly, highly accurate, like I said. If he could reel it in a little, 10-15% of you know the risks he takes, because he does make a lot of throws. This is the section of the draft where... 
you know, like he's certainly not guaranteed to be the successor or a future starter, but he's more than just a flyer too. Like if Greer ends up being a long-term backup, it's worth the hundredth pick. But you don't have to squint that hard to say, I could see this guy being a long-term starting quarterback and a successful one at the next level. And I think he could operate the style of offense we saw, you know, a lot of diverse weapons, a lot of McCaffrey as a receiver and Samuel and more and all these guys that can run. I could see Greer being a distributor before long, get it accurate to him in stride. This one might pay off quite a bit. Uh, Christian Miller at 115, similar to Burns, similar to what I've been saying they want a different profile of defensive end, more 3-4 outside linebacker type, longer, a lot of ability here. Um, again, not a power player. So it's pretty clear you know, what they're looking for with these edge guys. And Miller could be a home run at that point in round four. Round five, they go to Jordan Scarlett. And I think this is... What they saw in C.J. Anderson before they didn't use C.J. Anderson and released him. You know, a very different bowling ball type of player compared to McCaffrey. Maybe he, you know, vultures some goal line touches. Who's to say? But he's a tough back. He, I think he can handle a pounding. More of the old school Carolina style. But I think having that guy in their backfield makes a lot of sense too. Um, so I like all those picks. I really do. One, two, three, four. For the top five, I like quite a bit. And then they finish it up with Dennis Daly and Terry Goodwin. Goodwin's a you know receiver with some skills out of Georgia, too. So maybe he turns into something down the line. All right, the Tampa Bay Bucks. They had five picks within the first 107 and went defense on all five. Devin White was an obvious one. Do-it-all guy. Highly explosive, big-time leadership skills, perfect for today's NFL. You lost Quan Alexander. All right, I mean, I don't, it doesn't kill me. Um, and I think White is an immediate upgrade with potential to be a massive, massive upgrade and to be everything Levante David has been and maybe even more. Uh, I don't think anyone was shocked by this pick. He should be the quarterback this defense for a long time. You got to remember, though, I mean, Bruce Arians took this team over, and they went defense with the first five picks. Not that they didn't need it, um, but I thought they might throw an offensive lineman or a running back or something like that in there. But Todd Bowles is changing the way they're playing D. They're going to be blitz-heavy. They're going to they want to play press man coverage with corners. Um, and that's exactly what they gave them. That, I mean, they've drafted a lot of defensive backs, a lot of corners in the last couple drafts on day one and two, going back to the Hargraves draft. And last year they took two corners really early too, but they were zone Tampa two type guys where Sean Bunting at 39 and James Jim Jamel Dean, I almost call him James Dean, from 94, 94th pick are long press man corners, long arms, physical at the line of scrimmage. Todd Bowles, dude, these guys can run. Dean has really good size. He's a little stiffer of the two. So these make perfect sense. I mean, the, the defense is really transitioning. If I haven't made that clear, they they couldn't really be any more different. And, of course, they weren't a strict Dungy, Sap, Brooks, Lynch, Tampa 2, but they were really heavy zone, you know, with linebackers dropping, four-man rush, 
where now they're going to play a lot of lot of press man, bang you around, come downhill. They need versatility at the safety and linebacker positions to do a lot. And Mike Edwards is the 99th pick overall, but he brings that. He does a lot of things really, really well. And I bet he plays very soon. Like, this is to me is not a good special teamer. We'll see what happens. I think he's a going to happen, going to help much sooner than money might suspect. He does a lot of things, like I said, really, really well. Uh, I'm not saying he's Jamal Adams or, you know, the, the guys that are Mar- Mar- Marcus May. Uh, he's not quite as talented as those guys, obviously. But he is versatile in that manner, and that's exactly what Bowles wants. This was a very Bowles-dependent draft. Hey, if I'm going to come to your D.C., you better get me some guys I can use. Anthony Nelson is a really good test tester, a big 3-4 outside linebacker type. I mean, but I'm looking at they list him as a D-end. I think he will drop at times. I think he's not... You watch him, though, and he's not a wow athlete, even though he tested like a wow athlete. But he's big and physical and will blitz most of the will rush most of the time. But he can drop into the short zones, you know, maybe play a little bit. Of, I'm stretching there saying he could be a man coverage guy at all. But it is a Bulls type of guy. Then they take another kicker with 145th pick. Crazy. Um, it's a need. <laughs> I mean, I guess this guy's good from Utah. I don't know anything about Matt Gay except for that he's a kicker from Utah and was mostly considered the best kicker in this draft. I sure hope so. Um, Sorry, I can't give you a lot more info on that. Obviously, they used a high pick lately. That didn't work out at all. Same regime, but it doesn't mean that the kicker, there's still not a problem here. Um, It's... So, we'll see. Uh, you kind of roll your eyes a little bit. But the, the, the this draft is really about those first five picks and just a total facelift and a total new style of defenders joining the, the Tampa Bay Bucks. And I like it. For that reason, I like it. And I think the offense will be improved under Arians. I think Winston's going to have a nice year, too. All right, let's turn our attention to the Atlanta Falcons, who I think could be in for a really rebound season. And when we did team need stuff, I was always talking about, boy, I think guard is a huge need. And then they made a change at right tackle. Most people had the mocking defensive line help, and I have no qualms with that. I just thought the O-line really needed a dress to complete the whole offense. Matt Ryan's not the most mobile. He's getting up in age. Um, This is kind of like the conversation we had yesterday about uh, two days ago about Minnesota with their offensive line selection, like probably, you know, on most boards, of course Lindstrom is not the 14th best player overall. But for what this team needs, he fits it to a T. I mean, he's a plug-and-play exact guy. Not that you would, you know, close to being the type of guy that if you were to draw up a guard for the Falcons, it would be Chris Lindstrom. Like, it it shocked me when they went out and signed Jamon Brown and James Carpenter because... They're a lot more heavy-footed, heavier, mauling-type guards that don't run well, aren't as great in space. They were odd signings to me at an obvious need position, like I said, but Lindstrom's a much different cat than them. I mean, he's leaner and more athletic and can bend, and, you know, so I love this pick. And it's all about need. I mean, this is exactly what they needed. They probably pat. They did pass on some good defensive linemen to do it, 
but it was huge for them. And then they trade back into 31 to get Caleb McGarry. Um, a lot. This guy was getting a lot of buzz, at least by the draft Knicks out there. He'll be a plug-and-play right tackle. Um, obviously, that's the what this draft will be known for, and you don't have a third-round pick after that. But they both, I would be shocked, are not hits. I'm not sure they're going to go to tons of Pro Bowls, but they both have high ceilings. I think they have pretty high floors, too. Um, I think they'll both be opening day starters. They'll be surprising to me if they're not. And I love attacking a need, especially one that's hard to attack, like offensive line. Get younger there. You know, like how long is Alex Mack going to play? I mean, so uh, Matthews is a fixture, but the other spots were a little up in the air. So this was an aggressive, great move at the expense of D-line help, though. I mean, you can't forget that. Um, Kendall Sheffield's a guy I like, but I don't think he's close to being ready. I mean, I think he's a project, really good size, especially speed athlete that they don't need him right away. So that makes sense. That was the 111th pick in the fourth round. And then a really interesting pick from Charleston, it's a tiny college in West Virginia, close by, or not real close by to me, but not far, was John Kaminsky, the former quarterback who bulked up to like 280, tested like a madman. Um, massive, massive upside for this guy. So maybe they did get their D-line help, and it just takes a little while till we see it. But when don't just brush over the pick of John Kaminsky at 135. I mean, I, I think that's something that might we might start hearing a lot of buzz around him in the preseason, and then all of a sudden they let uh, Beasley go, and Kaminsky starts to really get a full-time role a year from now or so. So I like that pick a lot. I watched uh, my pit guy here, Quadri Olison, quite a bit. Um, bigger than the backs they have. Hard charging between the tackles. Decent feet for a power guy. Good pickup in the fifth round. I'm sure he'll help on special teams, too. He has that type of mentality. They also took another back, Marcus Green from Louisiana Monroe. Um, I would imagine those two are fighting for one spot with maybe the other one being a practice squad guy or latching on somewhere else. And then Jordan Miller, a corner out of Washington, also makes a lot of sense, too. So it's another developmental corner for them, to, along with Sheffield. So, again, something they could use. All right, we are going to wrap this thing up with the Saints, who obviously didn't have a first-round pick. That was part of the Davenport trade. I would think he's you know set to continue to develop. This is very much a win-now team, and they took a shot losing Max Unger. And I know they signed Nick Easton. I think Easton is ideally your fourth interior offensive lineman, your swing interior guy. Can hold down the fort, but great. I mean, he's not he's not great is what I mean. And I always tell you this, you know, the Breeze-led Saints stress interior offensive line more than any team in the league over that stretch and very, very important to them. So what do they do? They go from 48... Up to from now they go from 62 to 48 to grab Eric McCoy from AM. One of the best moves in the draft. I mean, considering team fit, need, this guy's rock solid. He is big, powerful, but can still move. He's one of these prospects where it's hard to find glaring negatives on him. Very consistent, very tough, um, good in protection, good base, moves well will bury people, productive, doesn't allow a lot of pressures at all at that level, has played a lot of snaps, and 
shows up week after week. I mean, looks like a long-term answer. Love it for where this team is. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson falls to the 105th pick. Uh, maybe an interview well, maybe, you know, rubs people the wrong way. But all of a sudden, the Saints have a lot of action at safety, and this guy's a top 50 player to me. Um, versatile, size, probably a little bit better in the box. Athletic, middle-of-the-field defender, which you got to love. I mean, getting him this late, unless he's a problem child to some degree, um, that's huge. And sometimes you just don't know why these guys fall. I mean, that was the inkling I got was he people didn't love sitting down and interviewing with him. But, man, you watch him on the field. He's all over the place. He can line up against tight ends. He can line up in the slot. He can play deep. He's got size, you know, speed. I like him quite a bit. I got to do a little more work on on Saquon Hampton. He's another safety from Rutgers. Makes me wonder if Von Bell's going to be back when he drafts two safeties, especially Gardner Johnson. And then they also added a linebacker, Caden Ellis, from Idaho at the very end of the draft. Um, but Elise Mack is an interesting guy, too. And we know they added Jared Cook, but Cook's not young. Mack makes some highlight real catches as, as tight ends go. I mean, it's um, pretty impressive, really. And, yeah, he's a work in progress. There's no doubt about that. But he can be a work in progress in New Orleans. I mean, he doesn't have, have to play right away. Um, there is athletic ability there. There is some upside there. So um, I like this developmental pick for a win-now team. Um, sit there, learn behind Cook, learn from Breeze and Peyton, and you may really get something there in a Lee's Mac out of Notre Dame. So kind of a short po- podcast today because really these, especially the Saints, these teams in the NFC South just didn't make a whole ton of picks. But um I like all these drafts quite a bit. Uh, I still think the Saints are the team to beat, but I also think Atlanta has a chance to rebound strong this upcoming year. So that is a wrap for a little while, folks. Uh, I will be off the grid for a few days. Wish me well. I see you all later. Over and out.